All right, before I get to my next guest, Andy Trainer, I want to give a shout out to our friends at the Ben Hogan Company. Speaking of the Ben Hogan Company, by the way, when Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission today. They forge every club they make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And their craftsmen micromanufacture every single club to your exact specifications, and they do so in their forward Texas factory. You'll only find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment online at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit them online today to learn about their great products and their great prices. And this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back in making his fourth appearance with me is one of the top instructors in the game, and that's Andy Trainer. Andy is a TrackMan Master Professional and Lead Golf Instructor at the Plain Truth Golf Academy, located at the courses at Waters Creek in Plano, Texas. He spent several years as a teaching professional head golf pro over in England at clubs like Chestnut Park Golf Course and Chingford Golf Course as well, and both of those just outside of London. Turned pro back in 1984. Andy's a lot of fun and always a thrill to have this part of the show, and I'm glad he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Andy, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Always a pleasure to, to come on and, and speak to your listeners. Now, I appreciate you. Andy, I, what's going on down there at Waters Creek? You guys open and, and playing golf and doing lessons, or what the, what's the status down there? The uh, we, I haven't taught at Waters now for just over a month. Um, the course closed down we had some some rain to be fair um we, we had some some big storms come through um kind of middle of march um and the course kind of closed down uh, just for a few days just prior to this this virus um really kicking on as such and um and since then the, the course hasn't been open the course actually opened on friday just for uh supply as such um very limited play but as such, there's no uh, no instruction right now. Just waiting for everything to open up. Andy, I was taking a look at uh, at your social media account, uh, particularly over on Twitter, and you guys can go follow Andy at Trainer Andy. And it said uh, one of the things I came across was you went through a difficult time earlier this year. You had a tough decision to make, and uh, <laughs> as you as you probably know, Ben Ho- the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company is uh, is one of our sponsors. You want to talk about what that tough decision was? <laughs> I, I, I probably have the the same picture that, that everybody who's, who's who's in golf probably has of that famous picture of Hogan at, at Marion, and uh, yeah, that that I said I said I was uh, been in America almost four years. It's actually four years uh, last week, and uh, I, that was one of the few pictures, golf pictures that I brought over me when I, I came over from England. And uh, I put it on a wall. Never really happy with the picture on the wall that I chose to put it on. Hung it on the wrong wall, and I would sit there and look at this picture. And it, this great picture, it just didn't look right in that place. And decision of, of hanging it on another wall. <laughs> it was a t- it was a, it was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt it was. So Andy, before before the coronavirus shut the world down, Matt Kuchar won the Singapore Open, and and Matt is a guy that. You've been around for a number of years. You got to imagine as you as you see him play well early in the season. Got to got to make you guys proud 
of what he's doing. Talk about the relationship you have with Matt and and uh, the thrill of getting to see him win a, a tournament early on in the season. Yeah, Matt Matt's been been playing well now for uh, a fair time, and he's been working with uh, my colleague Chris O'Connell since 2006. And Chris has just done an an amazing job um, with, with Matt and. Uh, through working with Chris, I'm very fortunate that uh, I get to do do some stuff with Matt and Chris. Um, and uh, Matt, Matt, you know, he's he's had a fantastic uh, year on the golf course uh, the last uh, maybe 18 months now. He's had three wins in that time, and uh, he's probably getting it about as as good as I've ever seen him. Um, unbelievably uh, driven to to do well, Matt, and I, and I have all the time in the world for Matt. And Andy, you, you pointed out very correctly, I might add, on social media that last November, when Lee Westwood won for the first time in nearly two years at the Abu Dhabi Championship, Matt won that Singapore Open. And the previous time that uh, Westwood won was back in 2008 at the Nedbank uh, Golf Challenge. Kuchar also won that same week at the Mayacopa Golf Classic in Mexico. So it seems like we got a little kindred spirits between Lee Westwood and Matt Kuchar. Yep, both great heads of a golf ball. Um, both are very uh, inward release um, guys. That that, that again release it inward. They tend to be um, great hitters of the golf ball and, and tend to hang around for a long time. Um, I have no doubt that that both Matt and, and Lee Westwood. I don't know Lee Westwood, but I do know his golf swing, and I have no doubt that they'll both win again. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that's the question, right? I mean. Westwood comes back from, like I say, a two-year hiatus from winning and wins a golf tournament. And he, here's a guy that's probably one of the best players. You know, we talk about this all the time, right, in the, in the world of golf, one of the greatest players never to win a major. And you would mm-hmm. think that maybe the momentum of that was uh, kind of going in his direction. Do you, do you think he can be a factor when, uh, when golf gets started, or particularly when we get back to the majors later this year? I think Lee, uh, Lee Westwood can always be a factor. He's, he's a great hitter of a golf ball. I mean, if you go back over the last 20 years, probably one of the greatest hitters out there. Um, his um, short game has, has probably not been as good as uh, his, his long game, and that's probably what, what's held him back from, from winning majors. Can he win majors and be a factor? Yeah, he can definitely be a factor. I mean, he, he's certainly got the game to go ahead and win a major still. What about Matt? I think that's one of the things we keep waiting for Matt oh. to kind of vault up to the top in a major. He's always right there. He seems like he always finishes in the top 10, but we're waiting for him to get over the hump and win one. What do you think's holding him back? Winning majors is not easy. <laughs> you know, people talk about winning majors like, hey, yeah, well, it's my turn. It's my turn. You get four majors a year and you get the, all the, the, the world's best players playing in those majors. And obviously there's a lot of, uh, things that, that need to go your way to, to actually win. You can go out there and, and play great golf. Um, but you got to get some breaks too. Um, and you know, if, if you look at the majors over the years, you, you've got a lot of players who you think they won a major and you know, you've, you've probably won one tournament <laughs> or two tournaments in their life. And yet one just happened to be a major. It just happened to be that week. And so regardless of whether, uh, Matt or, or Lee West would ever win a major, I think I'd, I mean, personally, I'll take their careers over the guys that, that have won one major and, and that's it. Um, in some respects, majors are a little overrated on, on that. You know, you, as you say, you, you can win one tournament, you win a major, you're a major winner. I mean, I'll take someone with, with their kind of, uh, career earnings over, 
uh, a major winner all day long. Andy, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to get some playing lessons from you. And since we're all stuck at home for the most part, what are some drills that we can do, whether it's out in our backyards or in our living rooms to kind of, if if we're in a part of the country where we haven't been able to get out and play at all, maybe kind of get our golf swings going, or if we started to play and had to put a pause on being able to, what's something we can do to kind of keep our golf swings in tune? I think the for me, the biggest thing that I try to work with my players is, is making them understand their misses so that, um, that there's no surprises, if you like. Everybody plays golf, and, and, and when you're playing golf, you often people would strike it good, but yeah, it might go 10 yards in the wrong direction. Now, all of a sudden, they're in a penalty area. And so playing golf is, is about knowing where your misses are. And if you know that there's trouble, say, for instance, down the right-hand side when you're playing a hole, well, if you go ahead and hit the outside of the golf ball, you, you might hit it 50 yards left, but you're not ever going to hit it in trouble. Um, the same on, on the, if the trouble's on the left, you know, if the trouble's on the left, go ahead and hit the, hit the left side of the ball, the inside for a, a left, a right hander and, and the outside for a, a left hander. And so to me, understanding that, go and have a look at golf courses and go onto Google Earth and, hey, where's the trouble on this hole? And now go ahead and understand that, okay, if the trouble's down the right, I'm always going to hit the outside of the golf ball as a right hander, the inside of the golf ball as a left hander, and now I can't ever hit the ball in trouble. Andy, for most of us weekend hackers, we're not on the green in regulation as often as we'd like. And I wanted to get some tips from you. What are some shots that we, you know, from a mindset perspective and what kind of, what kind of chip shots should we be doing so that, you know, from we're 20, 30 yards you know, short of the green, we're a little left or a little right to get ourselves up and down and, and, uh, and give ourselves an opportunity for power more often. What do you see that we make our mistakes in and around the greens? Well, all golf clubs are, are built differently in the length and the loft. And if you take the loft of the golf club, that means that the, the club with the most loft has the bottom edge of the golf club forwards of the top edge of the golf club. And what that does, it, that allows the, the the player to access lower on the golf ball. So obviously if you hit above the equator, that ball's not going up in the air. And if you hit uh, below the equator, you know that you're lifting it. And, and people, what they tend to do is that they they're trying to uh, hit too much of, an, of a vertical golfing, too much up and down. And so the bottom to that golfing gets very, very narrow. What you want to do is the beauty of using a wedge is that you don't really need to lift the golf club up in the air. You've got loft and, and you could run it along the ground and it would lift the golf ball up in the air. Um, and so people don't tend to hit bad shots in direction much more so than um, with a short club, they tend to hit the wrong di- the wrong distance with a short golf club. And so you're trying to make a golf swing with the widest bottom possible with a wedge because you know that you're going to be able to contact under the equator. And now just go ahead and, and start practicing like you would with a um, like a putting ladder, if you like. So you're, you're trying to hit the ball set distances. People uh, in short game are too intent on hitting the ball uh, a, in a direction be more intent on hitting it the correct distance. So to that end, Andy, are, are you a proponent with uh, with using the wedge pretty much most of the time around in and around the greens? And if so, that, like, that talk, was... talk us through setup and ball position. Um, so for me, everybody, when they play golf, they get this lofted golf club 
and they say the bottom of the, the the bottom of the golf club, the front edge of the golf club is forwards of the top edge of the golf club. And then what they do, they take this golf club, um, and then they want to put their hands forward and the ball back in their stand. And so you've just defeated the object of ever using that golf club. And so now if you have that golf club with the uh, bottom edge now stuck in the ground and swing it up and down at all, now you're hitting a chunk. Um, and the next one you, you get fed up chunking it, and now all of a sudden you start lifting the handle and you start blading it. And so the, the golf club that you're using um, is not nowhere near as important as the, as the action you make. The, if you like, each golf club is it, it, like just going to be a percentage of carry of the overall shot. So if you think about a 20-yard or 25-yard shot, and let's say you have a sand iron, and you go ahead and make nice contact, you make a nice wide bottom, that golf club, uh, the ball is probably going to carry somewhere between 60 to 70% of the distance in the air, and then roll out the rest of the distance. Now, if you go ahead and take an eight iron, now that, that distance through the air might only be 25, 30%, and the rest of the time on the ground, uh, like the other 70%, if you like, is on the ground. And so what you want to do, if, if you want to play that way, you'll get players who want to always hit with sandwich, someone who always wants to change club. And both, neither of them are incorrect if they're played in the, in the correct, um, location, if you like, in the correct, uh, if you look at a green, saying that, and the flag is on the front of the green, and, uh, you kind of, unless the green is, uh, the area in front of the green is very, very flat, you probably don't want to be playing an eight iron, uh, to bump it, uh, through, hoping to, that it bumps along nicely, whereas you could probably play your, your sandwich there and carry it onto the green. Whereas if the flag's at the back of the green, now you can go ahead and you've got a choice. You, you, you could either throw it up onto the green, uh, up towards the flag, or you can bump it. One of the things that, that people do, they don't look at slopes on the greens. If you've got a, if you, like a green sitting in a bowl, kind of that's a, that's an easy shot because you can hit it all the way to the flag and carry it. Or if you hit it short and it hits the downside of the bowl, it rolls onto the, to the green anyway. If you've got that, uh, if you like that, that, that hump there where you've got to land it, um, people try to land it into the hill on the downslope. Those are the people that make mistakes because you, you don't know what bounce you're going to get. You, you never try to land, uh, unless you have to, into a hill or on a downslope. You're trying to take that out, and that's where the golf club choice is, de- is determined by that type of uh, shot. So in the, in those cases where it's a, just a flat green, and you, you mentioned whether the pin's in the front, pin's in the back, Give us an idea. What what does ball position look like? If I want to take if I want to take that shot to the back left pin, and I'm you know ten fifteen yards short of the green, and I want to run it back there. Talk, talk me through where where's the ball in, in position in my stance? And you talked about hands ahead and how that might not be the thing to do. Where where's the ball and where are my hands on the club? And where's the club position so that I get that ball back? So the golf club is swinging on an arc, and so the low point of that golf club is underneath the handle. If you put the ball behind the handle, now the club is still swinging down when it reaches that point and that's going to go too much into the turf. So wherever you want to put your hands, if you want to put your hand back in your stance, behind the middle, make sure you have the ball back there. And if you want to put your hands forwards of the middle, make sure you have the ball there. You, you just want the the ball to be beneath your hands. If you like. if you were looking from a, a face-on position, if you've got that ball Somewhere beneath your hands, you're not going to be far wrong. Now, you might just go half a ball back, half a ball forwards, but you don't want to move it up and, and around the, the way that people do. They'll move the ball but won't move the hands. 
that creates that. that. Andy. Yeah. So go ahead. Andy, another shot a, a lot of us struggle with is uh, the long fairway bunker shot. Take me mm-hmm. through. How can we go about making sure we make crisp contact and we don't end up just chunking the ball a few yards out of the out of the trap? How do we make good contact with that shot? Well, most people when they play golf um, are hitting the golf ball to to the right of the target, and the reason they're hitting it to the right of the target generally is the club face isn't isn't moving in a circle to the left, and so the the bottom of the arc when you're swinging to the to the right gets way back behind the ball and if you get the the arc back behind the ball uh, in the bunker you hit the sand and the, and you don't hit a very good golf shot at all so what's important on a uh on a, on a long bunker shot is obviously that you get ball first contact and so anything where the club is moving the, the bottom of the shaft is in is moving in a counterclockwise direction inward relative to the golf ball you're going to get the golf ball first if you've got the, the the bottom of the golf club moving out away from you, then you've got a good chance that you're going to hit the, the sand before the ball. Andy, one of the things we talk a lot about on this show is the mental side of the game. And you tweeted something out a while back that caught my eye. And, and it was the phrase, hit the next ball better. Talk about what you mean by that. How do, how do you put a bad shot sort of in the rear view? And have the mindset that I need to hit the just need to hit the next shot better. Well, hit the next ball better is, is plain true slogan, and we firmly believe that that if you you know what you're doing wrong in your golf swing and know how to correct that, and it's and it's the correct information, then there's no reason why you shouldn't go ahead and and actually hit the next ball better. And I think the the problem with people get is is someone's idea of when they hit a bad shot is completely incorrect um and so now they go ahead and apply the fix that, that they think is correct but that fix is actually incorrect and so they they don't actually improve the shot if you can change the correct mechanics now you can go ahead and hit the hit the good golf shot now that has a big um plus on the mental side because you now know that hey if i go ahead and do this i know i'm, I'm now going to hit a good one and there's there's no reason why i can't do this so just go ahead and do it but if you're standing there trying to think, uh, I mean, I mean, you, 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 your mechanics have to be right. And, then, and if your mechanics are right, you can go ahead and hit the shot. Now you just got to get out of your way. So, you, you, you know, you, you're confident. I know what I've got to do. I know it's the correct fix. I'm going to fix it. It's kind of like I've always said to people, it's like me having my, my aircon system go down. My aircon system goes down and uh, my engineer comes in and he he has a look at my my aircon system, and he decides to change something, but it's not the correct fix. doesn't matter how much he thinks about it working. It's not going to work. There has to be the correct fix. The mechanics have to be somewhat correct. So how do you know? How do you know if we, if what you're doing is the right thing or the wrong thing and you're just making it worse? Well, you'll know by your impact. Impact and ball flight tells you everything in golf. I mean, does Jim Furyk swing the golf club like Matt Kuchar? Does Matt Kuchar swing it like Bubba Watson? Does Bubba Watson swing it, swing it like Justin Thomas? No, no, no two golfers look identical. The only thing that's identical to, to great golfers is their impact, uh, is correct. And great golfers, it's repeatable. And so if you've got bad impact, then you know that your mechanics are wrong. If you've got a, a correct impact, but it's not repeatable, you know that your mechanics need looking at. And I suggest that, I mean, 
that you go find yourself a Plain Truth Golf Instructor, Plain Truth Certified Golf Instructor, because all those guys know how to fix impacts. Ball flight. Well, Andy, before I let you go, remind our listeners, how can they do that? How can they find you and how can they follow you, whether it's online or it's on social media? Um, you can find me, uh, Andy Trainer, Trainer.Andy on, on Twitter. Most of my time, most of my time, you'll see me on Plain Truth Golf. So Plain Truth Golf Dallas is where, uh, is where we teach out of. Plain Truth Golf Dallas is on, uh, Facebook. It's on Instagram. And one of the things that we've been doing, to be honest, during this time is to ramping up our social media. We know we've not been, been good at that. It's been good to, for us to get up. Anyone who wants to understand more about Plain Truth Golf, there's a, there's a great, um, we have a Plain Truth discussion forum for anybody can go and, uh, put any questions they want up on that. And, and just on all the, the usual social media ads, if you just go find Plain Truth Golf, you will find me. Well, Andy, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. Always a lot of fun talking with you and always learn something as well. So thank you for being here. Pleasure to, to be on, Chris. You stay safe and to all your listeners, uh, hopefully soon we'll be out playing golf. Absolutely. You stay safe as well. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Take care, Chris. Bye. See you, Andy. That's Andy Trainer, T-R-A-Y-N-O-R and Trainer Andy, uh, on Twitter. But, um, look him up. Plain Truth Golf is fantastic stuff. Andy's a is a heck of an instructor, and he, he talks about ball flight and contact. If we're if we're not contacting the right part of the ball, we're not getting into the center of the face. Then all of a sudden the start the uh, shots start to go sideways, and we end up in trouble. And then we're trying to figure it out. Let Andy try to help you. <laughs> 